Hello and welcome back to Grazia Life Advice. I'm Rhiannon and this is the podcast where each episode we get six life tips from one brilliant woman. This time an entrepreneur, social media star and fitness influencer. I am Grace Beverly. I'm the founder and CEO of Tala and Shreddy and I'm also author of Working Hard, Hardly Working. Grace Beverly was founder and CEO of two successful brands before the age of 23. Her book, Working Hard, Hardly Working, promises to help you achieve more, stress less and feel fulfilled. I have a slight almost laziness to it in the way that I don't want to spend a huge amount more time on something if I know that it doesn't reap that kind of reward. So understanding when to step back and when to kind of dive in more to something I think is really, really important. Named in most of the best under 30 lists you can imagine, she is heralded as one of the most innovative young business people in the UK. This idea of the hustle and announcements and all all of kind of this, that and the other, it all feeds into the idea that we want to be go, 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 output, output, output that a lot of the time it's not acknowledging as much the effectiveness and the quality of that output. She says her two businesses, Tala and Shreddy, were both born out of frustration that the fitness industry didn't do what she needed it to. As someone who wanted the fitness industry to show up better for me and to make it easier and to stop overcomplicating everything just to sell more things. For me, that was really, you know, that spoke to me. So much to take on board from Grace. So let's get into the chat. Hi Grace, how are you today? I'm great, thanks. How are you? I'm enjoying the sunshine. Yeah, it's nice, isn't it? I am really excited to speak to you and I think it's quite fitting. We are talking on March 23rd. It's the one year anniversary of when lockdown happened. And lockdown obviously saw this huge shift in working patterns. And we're talking to you today because you got this book out and a lot of it hinges on what has happened in the last year, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think the last year was really kind of... uh, you know, I think this change in work culture has been something that's existed for sure before the last year. And I think as everyone got forced into their home office kind of hybrids, this lack of boundaries between work and non-work became so apparent. And so this is kind of what really spurred on wanting to write the book, because I think it became apparent for everyone from all different sectors and all different types of work. And then Everyone, I think, also started to realise that this is a wider problem, not just because we're at home, not just because we're working hard at the moment, but because, you know, because we have bad boundaries around work and we, in some places, have, like, a really toxic work culture. So so definitely a very... I, I, it's it's crazy to think that lockdown started a year ago today. Yeah, and your book is out now, and we should say it's called Working Hard, Hardly Working. I just want to talk to you. It has the subtitle about this subtitle because it's like the dream. Everyone wants this. How to achieve more, <laughs> stress less, and feel fulfilled. So this is the mission statement, right? And is that easy? Can we do that? Well, I think the I think what hopefully people will see from the book is that it's very much a it's very much a conversation, you know, with yourself about your own working habits, what you want more of, what you want less of. And so the idea is not, I I guess I've always loved both self-help and business books. And yet there was a lack of kind of talking about things like productivity and rest in the same sentence or even in the the same book at all. It was kind of one or the other. And this is meant to be seeing both of them as one. So you can get a really kind of full on view of your entire working life. So the idea of it is not to say you need to do this, this and this, and then you'll achieve more stressless and feel more fulfilled. It's essentially aim to be a guide and a blueprint in order to work out how you can do that for yourself. Mm. So 
not easy, but I think I think we can be equipped to do it when we're asking the right questions. Yeah. And you are hugely successful. I mean, if people aren't aware of who you are, you've just turned 24 and you're hugely successful. You have two companies, you know, that you're the CEO of, you have been, you know, you made a lot of money in university and you now are this kind of huge presence in business, you know, Forbes 30 under 30, all of that kind of thing. And I love that you describe yourself as a lazy workaholic. I feel like that kind of, kind of encapsulates, you know, what you're talking about in the book. Can you explain what that means? Yeah. So I, I talk about within the book, Uh, the whole premise of it is, you know, we have these different understandings of what working hard looks like. And that's really exacerbated, you know, with things like social media, you're constantly looking around at other people's success, other people's working habits, other people also somehow being able to ace self-care at the same time as being super successful. And I guess the kind of lazy workaholic thing for me has always been that I think there's this idea of idealised kind of perfectionism. And I have definitely you know I want to put out great work and I make sure that we you know any product we put out has got the it has been kind of to the best of our ability but beyond that I think one of my real strengths is the fact that I have a slight almost laziness to it in the way that I don't want to spend a huge amount more time on something if I know that it doesn't reap that kind of reward so understanding when to step back And when to kind of dive in more to something, I think is really, really important. You know, if you're not side hustling, if you haven't got this, that and the other on the side, that's almost seen as lazy as well. And so it's kind of a, you know, it's it's tongue in cheek in part. But also I think there is an important part there of really learning about efficiency and learning about what is not just worth your time, but what is worth really leaning in on when it's worth stepping back, when it's worth resting. Um, And I think that's something that I've got better and better at as I've kind of really learned my own working habits. Yeah, fantastic. Prioritisation is not always easy, is it? I know you said we need to do the work and it's a discussion, but I am excited because I feel like you're going to give us some good advice that can help us all, um, you know, stress less and work harder. So let's jump in. Your first piece of advice. Tell me that. So I, when I was thinking about my kind of six pieces of life advice that I really wanted to talk about, I... Funnily enough, I actually, because I feel like everyone sees things that they scroll across that really resonate with them. And I actually have a folder on my Instagram called helpful. Um, And that is just when I'm feeling particularly, you know, I might be down, I might be stressed, I might be needing a bit of motivation. And it has all of these things in there. So all of this is kind of collated from years worth of saving things or, you know, saving things that remind me of certain quotes or whatever that might be. So they're kind of in no particular order, but I'm, I'm very excited to talk about them. So my first one is very relevant as to what we've been talking about. So the first one is take breaks when you need them. Life is a marathon and not a sprint. So to give a bit more kind of on that, I think it's particularly relevant today with the kind of glamorization of hustle culture, working all the time. Yeah, this kind of glamorization of almost burnout. You know, we're all on this kind of train towards that Um, in regards to our lack of boundaries about around work Um, and we need to be thinking more about the importance of scheduled rest not just when you're on the edge of burnout but as something that is incorporated as part of our daily weekly yearly routine Um, and I think that's more important now than ever so really for me constantly reminding myself that life is a marathon not a sprint and that it means you need to take a rest. It means you need to go a bit slower sometimes. It's not just always about go, go, go. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that go, 
goes from the minor, you know, 10 minutes, making sure you have your walk, you know, lunch breaks. We're not good, are we, I don't think, at taking that time that we're, even the time that we're legally allowed. Yeah, I mean, I think I write about my, I was doing work experience at a bank and I was sitting next to someone and they were vomiting every hour and they were really, really ill. And I remember suggesting that, you know, maybe they should, maybe they should go home. And they kind of said, no, I've, I've never taken a day off and I'm never going to take a day off because I'd like to keep my job. And I just, I remember thinking like, oh, cool. Okay. That's how, that's what hard work looks like. And just realizing that in that culture, and of course it's not as bad as that everywhere at all. But I think one thing that we probably have seen over the past year is even the the kind of acceptance that being ill does require some time off, even if just not to infect everyone else. Um, and I think that's quite interesting to look at as well. I mean, you know, you come mostly from a, a position of being an entrepreneur. What, I mean, does it get difficult? Do people say to you, well, I'm on a zero hours contract. I don't work. I don't get paid. I, I mean, I've worked jobs where I didn't get sick pay. And that's that's difficult, isn't it? It's not as easy to, to take that time. Oh, 100%. And I think that the important thing here is also looking at the differences in that and also looking at our kind of treatment of that as a culture I think you know within the book I talk too about the fact that we glamorize this idea of hustle culture and we glamorize the idea of hustle and kind of toiling to get somewhere and constantly working and it being almost horrible but in a kind of masochistic kind of self-rewarding way and then we also instantly forget to glamorize it when it's essential so when it's someone who's working three jobs to make ends meet or when it's kind of shift job where you don't get paid if you don't go in or a zero hours contract or whatever that might be and we always ask people to bring advice that they've got from great sources and one of yours is from Socrates I mean that's that's a great place to get some advice (laughs) can you share that well I feel like that's a very like something you'd go into an interview with um but but I was kind of thinking and I think one of my main pieces of advice that I've really had to learn from is just learning about myself and getting to know myself and obviously there's the kind of know yourself know thyself Socrates um I believe that was um his quote but from this I really wanted to talk about you know the fact that you you have to spend the time getting to know yourself before you can get to know anyone else and I think that's something that we naturally very much forget to do we think we know ourselves we spend all our time with ourselves um but we actually give so much time to learning about others we don't give that kind of dedication that we would give when we entered a new relationship or a new friendship or whatever that might be to learn how we're also changing as we go through our life do do I like that anymore do I still want to be doing that the important thing is to spend time with yourself to forgive yourself to keep yourself accountable as well that's an important thing um and I think that without knowing these things it's almost impossible to navigate other people um and then I also think this is important from a kind of career and work perspective um in terms of defining what success means to you especially nowadays um we look a lot at what success means to other people um, and learning what success means to other people because there's this kind of big capital S success that we see online. Um, and you you kind of need to learn yourself in order to see whether you want that. You know, you don't have to have it. It doesn't have to be crazy. I think there's actually a book called It Doesn't Have to Be Crazy at Work. And, you know, you can, you can know that actually all you want is a comfortable job that pays the bills and to enjoy your time kind of outside of that. And that is so valid. That is extraordinarily valid. And I think often with social media, it's easy to 
kind of get caught looking at other people's views of success and then bringing that into our own lives as our own views. So on a personal level, how did that play out for you? Was there a time when you realised you weren't doing that and you... Or is it something you do regularly or and what has it changed for you? I think it's something that I've done more and more. I think it was part of the exploration kind of that the book entailed. So I wanted to really get to know myself better and to understand that, you know, if hard work looks like something to me, but it's making me absolutely miserable, is that what I want hard work to look like to me? Why does anyone else get to define what that looks like to me? And I think it's important to both have that pushing forwards uh, and defining success in terms of actually I want to change my career path or I want to, you know, go into this a bit more and also have it in terms of actually I just want to stay right here and that is perfectly good enough for me and I think we're evolving so constantly that it's important to touch in with ourselves on that too. Absolutely. Can we move on to your third piece of advice which I think is so important and so difficult for so many of us. Tell me about it. My third piece is don't sweat the small stuff. Um, And then I've got on a bullet point after this, but do sweat the big stuff. Um, And I think that is really important. I think that it's very easy for everyone on a daily basis to get caught up in all these little things that by the end of the day, you're not even going to remember or you're not even going to be thinking about. And it could, you have to be able to protect your headspace um, and you have to be able to protect your mindset because these things come up all the time and especially with this kind of the amount of interconnectivity that we have at the moment everything's going to be coming up all the time whether it's an email a text from a friend or a a lack of text from a friend or whatever it might be of course these things can be huge but also allowing yourself to be able to deal with those on a kind of step-by-step level I think has been really important for me to learn so I guess on my but do sweat the big stuff um, part, I, you know, put that it's also a great thing to care. So caring about people, yourself, the planet, it's not weak. It's not, you know, it doesn't make you weaker that you care. It is so important to care and to show that you care. Um, And for me on a kind of personal level, this has been so important because I, I, to people who haven't met me, I often come across as having a very hard exterior and I, I think I need to keep that up, especially within my job and within, um, within life in general, because it's, it's easy to do that, especially to protect your own vulnerabilities. But actually sometimes, sometimes it's really important just to say that you care and to say that you didn't like something or something makes you feel sad or whatever it might be and that doesn't make you weak that makes you like vulnerability there's actually I believe Brene Brown did a study on vulnerability that showed that actually vulnerability was the greatest strength rather than something that we see as a kind of weakness so yeah that that's been a really really important one for me how do you do that though when you have um my personal experience say when I have a hundred emails flying at me and everything feels huge doesn't it it's you know I do understand the point that come the end of the day you're like why did I care about that one or you know whatever but in the moment it will always feel big and how how have you found the ability to sift that and say that's a small thing not not gonna you know worry about that so there have been a few different things so I I first of all have better mechanisms for making sure that things don't fly at me like that in the middle of the day for example um I'm lucky enough in my job to be able to decide 
you know, it might be deciding, okay, if I'm checking my emails three times a day, these are my three different email alarms when I'll check it then. And that in one way mitigates the fact that I could be halfway through a task and doing really well. And then something comes, comes in that's thrown me off completely. And then not only is it nothing by the end of the day, but it also threw off all my work in the middle of the day. So then it does become something. And so that has enabled me to mitigate it a bit. And I also know that, you know, if a lot of the time, I think we forget now because we're so instantly connected that if something's urgent, a lot of the time someone will call you and a lot of the time someone will make it really apparent that it's urgent. And so I think creating those boundaries for myself has been very important. Of course, you know, a lot of people's jobs revolve explicitly around emails and there's going to be part of that that needs to, you know, be constantly um, up to date. But I think there are various different areas then that you can still set those boundaries. But creating distance, again, is another form of creating those boundaries. And that's been really important for me just to be able to process quicker because I'm one of those people that in my job, I have to process really, really quickly and make decisions really, really quickly. And I need to realize that sometimes it's not about the quickest decision. Sometimes it's about, okay, sit back. We have time on this one. This doesn't need to affect me right now. Deal with something else and come back to it. Mm. Brilliant. Really practical advice, Grace. We'll be back with more after this. I'm still here with Grace on the Grazia Life Advice podcast and your fourth piece of advice. Tell us about this key, key learning. So... This is one that I talk about a lot in the book and I think is something that has kind of infiltrated us from the outside in, whilst also being something that we lean towards on a daily basis anyway. So this is learning the difference between efficiency and effectiveness and also tying in with that, I think, the idea of busyness and productivity. So for, I think, the idea of kind of announcement culture and by announcement culture I mean the fact that there are constantly things being announced online and you constantly see people's success it might be a promotion it might be you know a a baby on the way it might be a new business whatever it might be there are so many different things it could be that it kind of triggers this almost anxiety within us that we want to have more things to announce and therefore it's really easy just to whiz through things without kind of understanding what the most effective thing to do in that time so the difference between efficiency and effectiveness efficiency you know is you're you're getting things done quickly you're efficient but effectiveness is making sure that efficiency is in the right direction so is it in line with your long-term goals is it in line with your short-term goals is it what you need to be doing today and that for me has been so important because I think this this idea of the hustle and announcements and all, all of kind of this, that and the other, it all feeds into the idea that we want to be go, 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 output, 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 that a lot of the time it's not acknowledging as much the effectiveness and the quality of that output. And I realised that that was manifesting in me by a kind of a, a real kind of gravitation towards admin when I felt like I needed to be productive when I had this kind of urge that I needed to do more and get things done I do all those things that you could tick off really quickly so it looked like I'd got more done whereas actually if I'd spent two hours in the morning work doing the groundwork or doing a brief for a project that I could do later on fine nothing gets ticked off in that morning or the brief does but you know there's no full project that's done and 
I was realizing that I was doing these small incremental things that often didn't need to even need to be done. You know, I find things like the Eisenhower matrix are really, really important. I talk about that within the book for actually working out your priorities and what you do need to be doing before you even kind of then go to time management, etc. But that for me was just so important in understanding, like, am I being productive or am I just being busy because I associate my kind of output with my self-worth or with you know how much I deserve success or whatever it might be so that was a very key learning for me yeah I mean just you're talking about key learnings that you had along your journey can you explain how you got started I mean it was you know a time when people normally really busy you were doing things at university explain a bit how you kind of started on this journey really so I um, I started first of all within kind of social media I was on sh- social media sharing sharing my fitness journey really and I was trying to get into fitness rather than coming from a position of expertise right at the beginning um, and then I really got into it and I really loved it but it was very it was a very honest journey it was very much kind of oh forgot to do this again or oh you know slipped up again and that was that it was just very realistic as to what my journey kind of was and then I've always had a kind of interest in business and I really understood what that kind of fitness consumer wanted. I I started with my first few products. So I did some kind of online um, eBooks and and guides and various different digital products. And then kind of the way it evolved from there into more full-blown businesses was really kind of being there and being there as someone who wanted the fitness industry to show up better for me and to make it easier and to stop overcomplicating everything just to sell more things for me that was really you know that spoke to me um and that kind of bit by bit we were able to produce okay no one does this simply affordably what and ethically or whatever it might be and then developing that and that's how kind of it accumulated so I started my first business over four years ago now but at the time it was a few ebooks and then we introduced our first physical product and then we kind of went from there and now it's a full-blown fitness tech business. And when you say we who do you mean do you mean the company because I think it's important to say you're not one of these kind of fitness influencers who's you know signed up to a brand and promotes the brand right this is like you made these workbooks didn't you and this is your your company and your product that you've been making yeah so i'm 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 founder of both companies so um yeah i when i say we i refer to the companies the teams i think what's really important as well um and i talk about this a lot in the book is you know each per each announcement we do as a company each new launch there's kind of all of these comments being like oh grace how do you do all of it and i think a lot of it is <laughs> pointing out i don't do all of it absolutely and getting back to you as a ceo your fifth piece of advice is not taking a decision on something is a decision that really clicked with me explain explain what you mean by that so this is something that I've had to really learn because I think that I am often someone who has really instinctive views so I think one of the one of the biggest traits you need to have as a CEO or as a anyone kind of managing anything is you need to be able to problem solve and you need to be able to kind of critically think about a variety of different situations, endless different outcomes on a high level, on a kind of big level as well. So that's it's going to affect customers, it's going to affect employees, it's going to affect your business, the list goes on and on and on. And I think what I learned from that too is I'd have some of these decisions that I won't, wouldn't know enough about or I'd have a gut feeling against them and they'd kind of just make me stop and um, I just wouldn't be able to 
kind of push forward and wouldn't be able to make the decision. The important thing that I learned there was that not taking a decision or saying, let's sit on that for now or whatever. Of course, like there's there's times where you need a longer time to take a decision. But I think that also often is a decision and really trusting your gut instinct and acting on things early and not overanalyzing has been really important for me as someone who both overthinks and needs to be quick at thinking. So there were kind of these two different aspects of that. Yeah, absolutely. And it goes back to that idea, doesn't it, of dealing with things rather than just letting them, you know, that those 20 emails that you know you just need to respond to and say no, but you, you can't quite bring yourself to it. It's like everybody has that feeling, don't they? Yeah. No, absolutely. And I think learning to trust your instinct and to act early um, and then just to to be able to say, right, cool, dealt with that. That's done. Um, and not overanalyzing that, I think, is so important. Yeah, right. You always feel better when it's dealt with, don't you? Your last piece of advice, Grace, very simple, but I mean, how many of us do it? I don't know. Tell me. So my last piece of advice is to ask for what you want. And I I saw a tweet the other day, um, which I believe was by Tony Tone. And she said, first of all, closed mouths don't get fed, um, which I thought was a really good saying. And then also don't talk yourself into accepting the bare minimum because you're too afraid to ask what you want. And I think that's something that we all need to improve on and I think the people that have improved on that and the people that have really worked on that are the people who are exactly doing exactly that they're they're getting what they want or you know you'll see them getting what they want but they'll also sometimes not get what they want and they understand that and they know that they can either move on from that or accept it or whatever it might be but really being able to do that is such a life skill and I think there have been so many scenarios that I've kind of been terrified to ask for what I want actually just saying it you know the worst thing that can happen is it can be a no and you go back to the drawing board or you decide an opportunity is not for you that's kind of been a really really key one I think people might be surprised to hear that about you I mean you know you have two businesses the age of 24 you have a million followers on Instagram you know and so people will think okay well obviously you're one of these people who ask what they want and you get it is that is that not always the case I don't, I don't think it's always the case and I think that um you know I have things on a kind of daily basis I might go for something and or pitch for something and it doesn't work out or I don't get a a, a job piece somewhere or whatever it might be. Um, There are so many things like that. And I think it just goes to show as well that you have to see things like social media and things like announcement. It all, it comes with everything else behind it, but we only see that kind of tip of the iceberg. There have been, you know, I'm young and there are things that come with that too. You have, you're working with incredibly experienced people and being able to turn around and say, actually, no, this isn't it. We're, you know, we're going to have to go back to the drawing board on this is tough. And it's something you have to really learn and something you have to be able to kind of evolve and learn how to deal with people really well and learn how to say no and learn how to say this isn't good enough or or whatever it might be and that as a kind of business leader too has been a key lesson for me you know I see myself as a relatively assertive person and I still think you know there are times where that's really hard. And you mentioned it there and my bad really because I've mentioned your age a few times because I think it is interesting everything you've achieved by this age but in lots of ways you know it should be irrelevant. Have you Do you find those conversations irritating? Do you find yourselves in rooms where you might get dismissed or do you not try to think about it? Um, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. I think one area that age can sometimes be a bad thing is the perpetuation online of younger and younger success and kind of filling purpose and obviously I'll be a kind of embodiment of that and every time I post that that might make, you know, there are so many different 
elements to it. And I think it's important for someone in my position also to be able to talk about that from a perspective of kind of, there are so many different things that go on, you know, that, that kind of make these things happen, but also that you don't need to be super successful at X age. There are so many different types of success and there'll be people who are my age who might think that this is what success looks like or whatever. And there'll be things in their life that I'll say, you know, that's success. That's something that I really want to learn how to do better. Um, and so I think that's important um, as a whole too. I'm, I'm, I know that I'm really collaborative as a leader. So I know that I always respect people's expertise and I know what I want from them, but I also want to really collaborate with them to make things happen based off their, their expertise and really leaning on that. Um, and that's been, you know, I think in part that's been because I know and because I'm young that I'm able to appreciate that expertise and appreciate the fact that they'll other people will know this better than other people will know this better um and so you know I think there are advantages from all areas it doesn't it doesn't necessarily have to be a disadvantage it doesn't necessarily have to be something that's like wow absolutely and we always finish on someone's bad advice they've been given tell me what that was so my bad advice um is any of these kind of very I guess entrepreneur centric probably but very hustle culturey um piece of ad- pieces of advice from that you would that are usually kind of found on um social media with a lion or something in the background um so for something like you know while they're sleeping you're working or you never lack time you just lack discipline um any of the kind of overtly mechanically languaged um hustle culture kind of quotes um that sell short our complexities as humans and glamorize burnout, value performativity over reality. Um, And hard work is important and you need to work hard to get where you want to be almost all of the time. Um, But that also doesn't necessarily need to be glamorized to a point where you kind of reject the fact that you're human and you need sleep or the fact that sometimes you need rest, not just in terms of sleep or you need a longer period of just not pushing forward as much. Um, And I think sometimes these can be true. Sometimes you can be working while other people are sleeping and yeah, maybe you'll feel like a really kind of self-gratifying aspect of the fact that you're doing that. But I think within that too... um, the majority of the time it kind of perpetuates an unrealistic ideal about work and about what hard work looks like. It doesn't need to be depriving yourself of your actual human needs. No, absolutely. Grace, fittingly, we have covered a lot in a short amount of time. So thank you so much for coming on Grazia Life Advice today. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great to chat. Brilliant to spend time with Grace Beverly. Her book is called Working Hard, Hardly Working. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. There are many, many more in the back catalogue. So do go back and find other brilliant women to listen to. And please, as we always say, rate and review the show. Give us a share on social media if you can. It all really helps us reach more people. See you next time for more life advice.